Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a very special edition of Dishes and Dimes brought to you by Basketball News. It's Iman here. And I'm very excited for this episode that I'm recording an introduction. (laughs) Uh, So we were fortunate enough to be joined by Winta Dusta and Noah Lewis, who are the 2021-2022 fellows for the Wayne and Teresa Embry Fellowship. For those of you guys who are unaware, that is a program that the Toronto Raptors have been running going on six years now um, that allows two Canadians all access on the job training with the team. So if you're someone who is interested in getting into basketball, having a job in a front office or coaching or video team or medical staff, this would be the fellowship for you. And I'm excited to announce that application start today, January 19th, and run through until February 25th. And here at Dishes and Dimes, we are fortunate enough to talk to this year's fellows, and we try to gather as much information for you guys as possible. You know what to look for, you know how to apply, all of that good stuff. We break it down in today's episode. I'm really excited for it. Um, and if you guys are interested in applying, please visit fellowship.raptors.com and listen into the rest of the show. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Dishes and Dimes. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by uh, a few people here, as you guys can see. First, let's start off with my two co-hosts, Katie and Sandy. Uh, what's up, guys? Not much. Happy to be happy to be doing this with so many like new faces. This feels very energizing. Yeah, this is this is definitely different for us. So I'm excited to see how it turns out. And uh yeah, this is this is kind of crazy. <laughs> uh we also have two very special guests today. We have Noah Lewis and Winta Desta joining us. Uh two members or two fellows from the Wayne Embry. Wayne Embry and Teresa Embry Fellowship Program. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. How are you guys? Doing good. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. I'm excited for today's episode because I've got a lot of questions for you guys. I want to get into all of it. But first, I want to talk about what the actual fellowship is and hopefully get some of your insights into it. 
Um, so for those of you guys who don't know, this is something that's been going on since the 2017-2018 season. Um, and what it is, is uh, the Wayne and Teresa Embry Fellowship provides two Canadians, starting this year, if I'm not mistaken, it's two Canadians, uh, the opportunity to gain firsthand experience in a professional basketball operations environment. Did I kind of capture that well? Is there anything you guys can add to that definition? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, like you said, it's uh, an opportunity for two Canadians to get an opportunity to work with the Raptors. Um, basically, uh, it's a rotational fellowship. So you get to work with each department throughout the year. They want to make sure that you get firsthand experience in all departments and you really gain sort of like a holistic understanding of what the organization's like. Um, but then on top of it being rotational, each person will have their sort of focus area where they get to focus in and really sort of specialize. And that's sort of, you know, the area that you hope to be able to contribute in the industry and, you know, where you hope to learn the most from. Yeah. And just to add to that, um, there are two Canadians that get selected e each year and there's a focus on making sure that one of two um, fellows are from a marginalized or racialized background. So just wanting to make sure that as the industry grows, that we are, you know, being represented appropriately. That's amazing. I actually didn't know that. That's that's really cool. Um, and, you know, speaking about it, so one person will be from a marginalized background, uh, at least. Uh, I think that the, I think that speak just knowing what we know about Wayne Embry and what he's done, um, that makes so much sense. And I just like appreciate the Raptors for doing that. I think that that's such a cool opportunity. Um, and I'd love to get into like some of the things that you guys do get to do. Noah, you touched it on it. You touched on it a little bit just uh, in terms of it being sort of rotational. I was wondering how often you guys sort of put on different hats when you guys are working with the Raptors. Like, is it, you know, in the morning uh, I'm with the doctors and, you know, in the evening I'm, I'm with the players or does it go? Um, yeah. So how does that work? Like it, it's a, you know what, it's different day by day. Um, so, you know, some weeks you're folk in your sort of focus area, other weeks, you know, it's sort of set where it's like, okay, you know, so for me, my focus area is with coaching and player development. So I spend a lot of time on court and that's kind of my, you know, home base. And then, okay, now next week, your focus is going to be, you're going to be working with the medical staff for strength and conditioning. And, you know, so then you tailor it there or, you know, they have certain things like we did the 905 draft. So, you know, we'll spend a week, you know, working with the 905 front office and scouting and scouting players and doing that. Um, but that being said, you know, some days are, you know, different than others. I think when we were in Tampa, you know, we wake up in the morning, we're scheduling uh, different pickups and stuff for draft prospects. And then, you know, we're working with the coaching staff on court and then we're, you know, sitting in on, you know, medical things and then different draft interviews. And so it can really be a, you know, day by day, week by week sort of thing, but you take it in stride and go from there. I'm curious, um, did you find that your interests changed now that you've had this experience and you've been able to kind of move from, um, you know, point of interest to point of interest? Um, did you find that what you initially kind of signed up for, your, your, your interest has changed and maybe you would want to do something else that you didn't consider before doing the fellowship? Personally, for me, no. I think it's sort of strengthened and sort of helped align like what direction I want to go in. So I actually come from a medical background. I worked as a physiotherapist and I think I was starting to look to potentially like shift. And I think, you know, going through the fellowship and seeing what that, you know, what it looks like to be a physio um, in the NBA, I was like, you know what, it's, it might not be for me and that's fine. 
Um, still really cool, still learned a lot. Um, but I was sort of like, you know what, I think the off-court development piece is sort of where I, I you know, I want to trend to. And, and um, that's the focus area that I did choose for this, where I could sort of pull like some of the health and wellness stuff that I've, I've gathered throughout my time working um, and apply it in a bit of a different context. I appreciate that both of you guys sort of spoke about your specific interests coming into this and, and what you guys are working on with the Raptors currently. I think a lot of our listeners who are diehard Raptor fans would love this opportunity. And I think they're sort of sitting back wondering, like, what made you guys the ideal candidate? What could they be looking to do to put themselves in your shoes um, next year or, or any time in the future? Yeah. That's that's quite, that's, go ahead, Noah. Okay. Um, no, I think that's a, I think that's an awesome question. I mean, uh, both winter and I were actually second time applicants or second time finalists when we got it. So, you know, we didn't even get it our, our first go at it. And I think for both of us, it was an opportunity to reflect on, okay, what can I do to really try and get this for next year? Uh, I think one thing they look for is sort of a broad level of understanding. Um, you know, you have to be, you know, able to be thrown into different situations and different departments and be, you know, competent and able to handle yourself. Um, they're also looking for someone who is, you know, kind of a professional with experience because, you know, they're not just looking for some, I mean, obviously, you know, you're here to learn, but they also want someone who's going to add value and be able to contribute. So someone with professional experience, whether it be in the basketball industry, or maybe, you know, it's, some other, you know, sort of area, but you have a passion for basketball and want to sort of bring that all together. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think, you know, Noah nailed it there. I think the one big thing is like being able to be dynamic and being able to be like ready to be thrown in the fire and like being able to handle yourself and communicate well with like the different groups within a basketball organization. So like, you know, we are all fans of basketball and we are all fans of the Raptors, but at the end of the day, like you're coming to work and like hopefully like expand your career and move forward. So just being able to like highlight that as well is really, really important. Love to hear that you were both second time applicants, because I feel like this idea of persistence, I mean, so often, you know, so things can be idealized, right? Where it's like, you just try once and like, you're in the right place, right time. And then you get the opportunity. I think there's something to be said for realizing, all right, how do I kind of go back to the drawing board myself? figure out what I need to work on and try for this thing that I really wanted. And Katie, to that point, um, something that's cool when you become a finalist, so they sort of select like a top 10, is that you now have sort of like broken a little bit of a barrier and now have a little bit of access with people from within the organization that you can sort of tap into, you know, if you are interested in applying again, or if you want to just keep them as a resource or, you know, build your network. So you know, there's even benefits to just like becoming a finalist and not even going all the way to becoming a, a fellow. Um, so that, that was definitely helpful for me when I was applying the second time. I was like, you know, you, you, now you have these people's emails. Like, I'm co- connecting with people, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, and it's, it's awesome when we have these, you know, fellowship sort of alumni networking events. It's such a great way to just get to know other sort of young professionals in the same industry who, you know, five to 10 years down the road are, you know, going to be the leaders in the industry. And it's starting to build those networks early. And it's cool that it's kind of centered around the Toronto Raptors organization. 
I want to get into so much of what you guys are doing this year um, and even touch on some of that Tampa because you did mention it and, and what an interesting season that was for just anybody, especially if you are working with the Raptors in that one year. But before we do that, I kind of want to talk a little bit about your introduction to basketball or even the Raptors itself. So can you guys give us some background on just like how you got into basketball or, or specifically the Raptors? Do you want to go at that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm from Ottawa originally, and uh, I played basketball when I was a kid growing up, um, and then eventually, like, continued into university, um, and then I moved to Toronto to do my master's uh, several years ago, and when I was here, I wasn't playing anymore, but I was, like, looking to stay involved in basketball, so I started coaching, um, and then obviously, like, you know, being in Toronto, like you get absorbed into all things Raptors and it sort of like coincided when the Raptors started getting good and it was like a sort of a perfect storm. Um, so, you know, I continued coaching and I continued working, you know, as a physio, at, um, you know, after I finished my master's and I was like really like craving being in a team environment, um, like full time. So once I heard about this opportunity, I was like, how do I sort of like mold all the things together? Um, and like, you know, maybe like take this and like do this full time. So this was sort of like a nice, like non, well, non-threatening <laughs> way to like make a career change, um, and like be like pursue basketball full time, which you don't think about when you're a kid. Like you think like, I'm going to play. I was not talented enough to go pro, but, uh, you're like, okay, there are actually other avenues for me to like stay involved. Yeah, like uh, for, for me, kind of like went to, I grew up just, you know, a really big basketball person, you know, a kid who brought my basketball to school every day and always wanted to play pro. Uh, I ended up pursuing a, you know, a university out in Calgary and I played for five years. And uh, from there, I was just trying to figure out, okay, what's my next step? I wasn't sure, you know, I think I sort of realized that playing, I was kind of, you know, running my course there. So I did my master's in sports business to try and see if I could, you know, find an opportunity working in basketball. Um, and then I ended up going back and coaching my old team. Uh, so yeah, so I've ended up, you know, working as a strength and conditioning coach for basketball players, coaching basketball players, a little bit on the business side, just try to, you know, figure out where I fit in, in the basketball world outside of playing. And then, uh, uh, was just searching for opportunities and the uh, Wayne Embry, Wayne and Teresa at the time it was Wayne Embry, but uh, now Wayne and Teresa Embry Fellowship uh, presented itself and yeah, seemed like an awesome opportunity. I love that. Now, before we actually get into your role with the team, um, can we talk a little bit about the application process? Because once again, we're going to get a lot of people sitting here wondering how they can be in your shoes. And so can you tell them a little bit about what that application process for you was like and maybe the differences between that the first time and the second time. I know Winter, you touched on it a little bit, but if there's anything that you guys can expand on um, to just to help people out that want to be where you guys are. Yeah. Um, so basically it's a couple part process. There's a, a you submit a resume. Uh, there's a couple essay questions, um, but the big part is you have to make a two minute video presenting yourself and sort of show why you'd be an ideal candidate, why you sort of embody uh, what, you know, Mr. Embry sort of wants in a candidate. He talks a lot about his eight P's. Um, I think like, uh, passion, perseverance, persistence, he goes on about all those. And I think, um, yeah, so you sort of have to make a video talking about why you're an ideal candidate for that. Um, and I think for me, I guess, sort of to touch on what I did differently time two and time three is, you know, I think the first time, sorry, time one and time two, 
first time it was, uh, you know, just really trying to show who I was trying to, uh, you know, explain all my different, you know, experience in basketball. Um, and then the second time, what I really wanted to try and focus on was, um, as well as having that experience, I wanted to show where I really, you know, could specialize and where I could provide value to the organization. Yeah, that's huge. Like the alignment piece was definitely, I think the biggest difference between one and like year one and year two applying for me. Like, um, you know, both of us had like really good sets of experience going into it the first time. Um, but I think making sure we're really like clear about where we wanted to go and not to say that that's a hundred percent the direction you were going to go into, but, um, you know, being able to communicate that effectively, you know, two minutes is not a lot of time when you sit down and try to do it. Like, you're trying to show like you're the best person ever. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have to like be so succinct. Um, and I think that's part of it, right? Like how can you, can you communicate effectively? Um, and, but it was, it's, it's, I don't like being in front of video. Like that is like something that I hated to do and having to do it twice was like, but you know, it's for a great opportunity. So you just sort of suck it up. <laughs> I got to say you're doing a great job for somebody who doesn't like to be in front of the camera. So. <laughs> I'd rather talk to people in person. Like I don't mind public speaking as long as I can read people's body language. But when you throw something on YouTube or like out in the world and you're like, who's looking at this? What, what is the right. reaction? Like? I'm like, why? <laughs> so what is it like? Now, I guess the second time is kind of interesting because you were a finalist initially. And so getting that call again, you're like, all right, well, am I going to get it this time? <laughs> but, but what is it like to first find out you're a finalist and then find out that you make it, especially after trying once before? Uh, it was a pretty, a pretty happy day, honestly. <laughs> it was, uh, a big, you know, sigh of relief, a uh, sigh of like, you know, feeling accomplishment. You, you know, you got to go back and forth day by day while you're waiting. Like, oh, I didn't get it. Okay. No, I, I did get it. I did get it. This is me. And then, you know, then you're sitting by your phone waiting for that call. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a bit of a, I guess a pat on the back and a, you know, nudge that you're doing things right. And that, you know, to be recognized by an organization like the Raptors is, you know, someone that they want working for them is, you know, an accomplishment in itself. So yeah, that was pretty exciting. I actually have a really funny story from like this. When I got it, I was driving to a client's house. So I did a bit of home care before and I was driving on the gardener and I got a call and I was like, okay, I have to like pull off and like, and I pulled off like by OVO and I had to park in exhibition place. And it was the time where they were like, oh, well, yeah, you were successful. And I was like, <laughs> bawling. I had like my WNBA sweater. <laughs> I was like, oh, could see OVO from where I was sitting. It was like sort of like a, they're All of the stars aligned. <laughs> you were yeah. so prepared for that moment. That moment. <laughs> I had no idea it was going to happen. But it was, it was so crazy. That's great. Uh, Katie, Sandy, do you guys have anything to ask about maybe their application process or anything about their roles with, um, with the team? I feel like I'm hogging the mic here a little bit. <laughs> but I just have so many questions. Yeah. I, it's okay. <laughs> Katie, I think we lost you here. You're natural. Katie, you're, you're, you're just I a voice the video. I, I know. I thought maybe if my, I cut my video, my voice might be a bit clearer. Ah, okay. okay. Um, but I, I was kind of curious because we did talk about it before we started recording. Um, but you both mentioned that you had been with the team early on in your fellowships in Tampa, just at the, like at the draft process. But I do want to talk a little bit about what kind of an unprecedented experience you had 
in, in being with a team in what was such an unusual year for the rhythm of a team. And like, what do you think that actually added to your experience? Because you, 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 you were two people that were, were beside a team that had to, you know, jump through some really different hoops than the average NBA team did last season. So how do you think that added um, overall to the experience for you? Um, yeah. So, I mean, so we just started uh, July 1st. So we just caught the tail end of the Tampa experience. Um, but that being said, it was, it was very, an interesting way to start the journey. <laughs> I mean, I had originally uh, got the job the year prior, but with COVID, they decided to push everything back. And so I was kind of waiting and, you know, wasn't sure when I was going to start. And then when I got the call, it's like, all right, you're starting, but we're starting in Tampa. And it was kind of a, an interesting way to start. And I think doing the draft workouts there was honestly, I think the perfect way to start the, the fellowship because it being in the, you know, living in the hotel with the staff, with everybody, it was a very intimate way to start and get, get to know everybody. Um, and then draft workouts itself, it's all departments are involved. So we had, you know, heads from every single department there because, you know, we have to, management has to meet and evaluate all the, the, the players, the coaches have to be there to work with them. We have, you know, the medical staff in there evaluating all of them. So it was a really cool way of getting like a one month sort of introduction where we're living in the hotel, we're working with all the staff every day in every single different department. Um, and I thought it was a really, you know, cool way to start. And as much as, you know, we're definitely going, you know, it's, it's interesting being relocated, you know, we're trying to introduce the city of Toronto to these in people, Tampa. but we're in Tampa. <laughs> I mean, I think what I have so <laughs> many questions about that room that we heard about. Can you give us any details yeah. about that Toronto room? <laughs> it, was, it was pretty well done. Like, so they had this like 3D model of mostly like downtown Toronto. Um, they had like videos and like snapshots of like, you know, the street level and like aerial views of Toronto. Um, and they had like actual Toronto, like hip hop artists playing in the background. So it was very interesting to see like Delano come through and he was like, wait, is that like, I don't remember the rappers names, but like he would like recognize them. So I was like, oh, this is like very authentic. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was a very, um, difficult, but like interesting thing of like having to sell the city outside of the city in this like room where you are like pretending it is the city, but it, it was really, really well done. Yeah. And I think the cool part was it was pretty well responded to by a lot of the draft prospects. So a couple of them were just like, yeah, like I feel like I got a better feel for Toronto than I did in some of the other cities that I was actually in. Right. So, I mean, the team did a great job because it's some, obviously, you know, we're proud of our city and, you know, the country and all that. And I mean, I think one of the funny things was I remember uh, after Scotty's second day of working out there, he was like, yeah, it feels like I'm at home. And I was just like, we're not even in Toronto yet. And you feel like you're at home. I love that. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually really sweet. Yeah, Scotty. <laughs> no, but that's kind of interesting though. Cause if they did come to Toronto during that time, they wouldn't really have gotten to experience the city in that way. Well, I guess lockdowns were kind of opening up in the summertime, but still with so many restrictions. So just allowing them to a space where there are no restrictions, Tampa. <laughs> and giving them and giving them just a, a snapshot of what Toronto looks like is pretty cool. Absolutely. All right. So more about your roles and experiences with this team. Now, both of you guys have specific sort of points of interest, like 
you know, have allowed you this amazing opportunity, but you guys do get to try on different hats and kind of test things out. How has that been for you? Um, I know, you know, Sandy asked, I thought a, a great question there about, you know, have you changed your mind? Do you prefer something else, but maybe not prefer something else, but is there something else that you like maybe had no knowledge of that you learned about and are now newly interested in, or, or can you talk about some of the different things that you did get to sort of test out and, and, um, what your roles have been with the team thus far? Yeah. So I think like one area, and I joke about this all the time, I did not have like I had very, very minimal, if not any video experience. And I can say I'm probably like novice or maybe like intermediate now. So like, that's a big win. <laughs> um, I don't think I have a career in that area for sure. But um, being able to see like the value of it and how it operates is like very important. Not like video editing? Yes. Video editing, like chopping up film of like, you know, what happened in the game before and preparing um, scouts and stuff for the, for the players. So um, yeah, so that, that, that's definitely something that I don't know if I was looking forward to, but I'm actually, I really appreciate that I went through it and learned it. Um, and then also like coaching, like I've coached high school and like prep and AU. So like relatively like high level basketball from a youth standpoint, but I was very like, I was a bit nervous to do it in the NBA, um, level, but like being able to see like, you know, with time. And like effort, like it wouldn't be like the craziest thing. I still don't think like that's the lane that I want to go in, but it was like good to know, like, you know, if you get your feet wet in it and like had the, the drive for it, like you could do it. Um, I, I think the coolest part for me about the rotational aspect of it all, and I think uh, from what I heard and from what Mr. Emery said, a reason why he pushes for us always having the rotational part, even if, you know, you have a sort of specialized area, is that you really get to see things from different angles, you know? So even though like I'm pursuing, you know, becoming a coach and working in player development, I, I think it's so important to really get to see things from the medical lens and from the management lens. Cause like, as you understand that perspective, sometimes it can feel like when you're in one department that the other departments may be working against you. You're like, Oh, well, they want to do this and we want to do that. But as you start to see it, like from other sides, it's super valuable because you can see, Oh, we all have the same objective and we get to kind of, you know, it can help you. It can, can make me a better coach by understanding what management is wanting and what, you know, medical is wanting, what team services needs, what, you know, equipment, you know, and in for us, like the last couple of weeks, we've been spending with the 905 and understanding that relationship there and, you know, how it works, you know, players going back and forth and, you know, trying to establish continuity between what the players are working on on both sides and, it's really, I mean, I, I don't think of there's many other opportunities that you'd get to really work with so many different departments and have so many different mentors, like incredible mentors in each one. Um, so yeah, it's a, you know, it can be a whirlwind at times, like, you know, changing hats and you know, <laughs> being a new person each day, you know, I'm, I'm a medical person today. I'm a, you know, I'm helping out team services today. Um, but you know, it pushes you out of your comfort zone in a way that like, I, you know, when you, whenever I think we do have the time to stop and reflect, it's, it's cool how much we've grown as uh, people and professionals. I'm curious because you guys obviously have specialized areas. You came into this program wanting to kind of um, work within. Were you surprised by any of the experiences? Was there anything that was like, oh, like I didn't know that was the way that things functioned on this level? Was there anything that you didn't like or 
things that you didn't think you would like that you ended up liking? What was that experience like for you? I'll toss that to Noah just because I, I talked about my video and coaching experience, but I know that <laughs> <laughs> there are some areas that he was really interested in that he, he didn't originally think that he would necessarily be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think for a couple, like, first off, like I've always been interested in the, the front office side of things, but it's pretty hard to gain experience at a lower level in that, like, you know, if you want to be a coach, you can coach different lower levels, but you know, you don't get the opportunity to sit in a draft room and talk about prospects and pull video and do stuff, you know, like, so, I mean, I think especially that week when we did the the 905 draft, that was such a cool experience. You know, you got, you know, Chad, the 905 GM and, you know, uh, Luke, who's one of our, uh, prospect uh prospect analysis he's also the assistant gm of the assistant gm and they're you know the depth that they go into on all these different players and the research they do and just the strategies and in arranging the draft boards and um communicating with all these different agents and you know not some of the problems you don't even realize exist like you know being in canada you know we don't think okay these players have to have a passport on hand they have to have their vaccine so they're not gonna be able to get over the border for 905 training camp so many little things go into that. And I think like understanding that front office piece has been really cool. And just like, you know, it's, it's interesting as a basketball person, so cool to be you know involved with that. Um, I'm interested in the access that you guys get behind the scenes as well. Can you guys kind of speak to that? Do you sometimes feel like, oh my gosh, I get to be a fly in the wall in this room. How involved do you feel in some of the things that maybe are happening that you guys are working on as well? Um, so can you talk a little bit about the access that also uh, comes with being a fellow? Oh, I mean, pretty much in every, like, when you're rotating in a department, you're in that department. So, like, you're in the video sessions if you're in coaching. You're, uh, you know, if you're breaking up film, you're in the video room and, you know, you have some very important people behind you watching <laughs> uh, the game. Like, <laughs> if you're in medical, like, you're watching, you know, the players who are injured at that point going through the rehab program or helping. Um, so yeah, you're like right there. Um, you develop relationships with the staff you develop relationships with the players. So it is very, like very, very involved. Um, obviously with that, like, you know, our PR team is great. So there are <laughs> limitations <laughs> to how far we can speak to that. <laughs> but like cool anecdotes of like, you know, you know, you play, you're like Noah because he's on court all the time. He's playing like one-on-one and like defending all these guys all the time. Myself included, very rarely and like very embarrassingly, it's happened. I almost got like laid out by our, our young pup, Scotty Burns, but like oh. he's the strongest young man <laughs> ever. <laughs> but like, you know, they're not built like that normally. <laughs> no, no, they definitely are not. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you're really, you're, you're right in there. Yeah. It's, you know, I think at first I thought I was like, oh, it's going to be kind of nerve wracking. You know, am I going to be like on court with these guys? And, you know, you get thrown into it right away. And every day, you know, you're working with these guys hands on. Um, One of the funny moments was I remember I was on court uh, for a game day shoot around. And lots of times we have the the coaches sort of be the other team as like the scout team. And, you know, so the players can be like, okay, well, this person is this person. He's going to go this way. And I remember coach nurse turned to me. He's like, all right, Noah, you're Giannis. You're going to punch it up the middle of the floor and we're going to wall up 
And I'm just like, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm yawning right now. This is too funny. And then all, all I can hear in the back, Fred piping up and he's like, who's Giannis? Who are you, Giannis? That's Pat Connaughton over there. That's Pat Connaughton. That's not Giannis. <laughs> um, uh, so we but can credit yeah, you for 6 of 17. I'm going to credit you for that 6 of 17. Now. <laughs> it was all Noah, guys. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, no, it's, it's cool. And at, at the same time, like, you know, as soon as you're on the court with these guys, like you just realize these are just, you know, basketball players and really good people credit to the Raptors organization. They bring in a lot of really good people that are really easy to work with and, you know, just, just genuinely good people. And I don't, you know, it doesn't, you know, I mean, as a person who grew up watching the Raptors, it doesn't feel like that weird when you're in the moment, you're just, you know, on court working with these guys and they're just your players. And it's, so it's, it's a very cool, unique opportunity to have that level of access. And then, like, we talked a little bit about your um, professional kind of takeaways from this. And not to get too, like, feelings-y, but what do you think were... Basketball like, What, what actually it. surprised you about yourself, like, going through this process? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing is that, like, you know, there is a role for people like me. There's a role for people who have these, like, really diverse, like, professional backgrounds in the NBA that like, you know, like you don't just have to be a coach or you don't just have to be like, you know, a specific, like someone in the front office, like there are ways to like support player. Like that, that's sort of my thing is like helping support players be the best they can be on and off the court. And like, there are like really unique things that you can contribute that may not have even, even been thought of um, and create like new avenues. So that, that's been the surprising thing and how like, how everyone in the organization is, is, is really like open to hearing your ideas and like applying things and like trying things out. Like, you know, at first you think that that's not going to be a thing, but like it very much is so like you're chosen to come into this program because you can add value. Um, and that's, you know, it's really refreshing to see like some of the stuff that you do being used um, and helping, helping the, the team be successful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, it's such a unique opportunity. And I think, the buildup leading up to it. It's just like, you know, obviously you're super excited, but then you're just like, am I going to be able to handle this? Like, do I know what I'm doing? (laughs) I think, you know, they do a good job of just throwing you into the fire, trusting you and just being like, you have responsibility. And, you know, I think the the biggest takeaways from it is that, you know, if you work hard and you're, you know, a good person to all the people around you that you're working with, you know, you can, you can figure out a lot of the stuff that you might not have thought you knew how to do and uh yeah no so it's been definitely a lot of self-growth now i wonder how different it is watching the raptors maybe being a fan if you guys considered yourselves fans of the raptors or even the nba in general now uh if if you did have a different favorite team we're not even going to get into that as we don't talk about other teams here i'm kidding (laughs) but if you didn't even have a favorite team like how different is it sort of enjoying the NBA season now that you get to be behind the scenes and are actually a part of the action? Um, you know, go ahead, Noah. It's, yeah, it's sure. different. It's work, you know, like <laughs> you still love it because you love it, but yeah. like you're invested in your games, like a hundred percent. And like, obviously there's like emotional ties. And if you don't perform well, like you feel a way about it. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like it's, if I'm not like, 
I need to sometimes take a break. I used to watch so much basketball, NBA, WNBA, college, high school, like, and now I'm like, I need to take a little bit of a break from it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have an WNBA team? We find out who your team was. At the yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a CP3 fan, so I'm a hey, currently a okay. Chicago Sky fan. Chicago yeah. Sky, there you go. Damn, <laughs> yeah. gotta love it. Yeah, big yeah. year. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like I'm, for me on the coaching side, I end up doing a lot of video work and watching a lot of scout games and, um, getting up to speed coding all that and doing that. It's, it's, it's cool for your development and that you just watch a ton of basketball and you start to see, you know, the game as opposed to just watching guys on the ball, you start to see off the ball and you start to see what other teams are running. And I don't know, I start to develop, Oh, I like this coach. I actually like, you know, you start to actually see that stuff instead of just the players which is, it's really cool. And it's definitely like, you understand why a lot of coaches start in the video room. You definitely take in a lot of basketball. Um, and then for watching our guys, like, I mean, it's kind of similar, but it's definitely like, I don't know. It's, it's cool. when like, I mean, uh, a couple of weeks ago, like I was spending, you know, every day with uh, Justin, just getting up his corner threes. We were really working on that. But, it, and then when he came in that one game and hit like four threes, like, it's, it's weird, like not just being a fan celebrating. You're like, Oh man, this is, this is awesome. Like this just feel like you just feel so much happier for the player. And like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a cool feeling. You just like, yeah, no, like, I mean, obviously it's all, you know, their hard work, but just to feel like you have like a small part in it, like, you know, that, you know, you're just standing there rebounding every day, like hey, <laughs> it's done. So, yeah. so you helped us beat Giannis. I also I was, was the key to success. He was rebounding for Justin Champagne, which lets me know you taught him where he rebounding position. Exactly. He's in the right spot at all times, just watching yeah. you rebound for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, this is such a fun conversation. I wonder if do you guys have anything else to maybe add to, to especially our listeners who, who are interested in everything that you guys are doing right now. Um, anything, anything you guys want to add to this conversation? Yeah, for sure. Applications are open from January 19th to February 25th. You can apply at fellowship.raptors.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Raptors Fellow. There we go. Anything to add to that, Noah? Did you, did you want to get no, that? No, that, that sums it up. Yeah, make sure, <laughs> make sure if you're interested, apply. Like Winta and I, you know what? If you don't get it the first year or you're a finalist and then don't get it, like there's a lot of value to just getting your name out there, applying, um, you know, yeah, and see where it takes you, right? You never know what opportunity is going to open for yourself. You might be the reason that the Raptors beat Giannis, guys. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> If nothing else. That's what we learned from the episode. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, thank you guys so much for joining us today. This is a really fun conversation. Um, This this is great. I learned so much. I feel like I I know more about the Raptors just by talking to you guys. Mm -hmm. Anything Mm -hmm. else, Sandy or Katie? Really appreciate you guys for speaking to us on this. I'm really, really interested in how everything works. And it's been great to kind of get a little window um, and I hope this helps other people who may be interested in getting into basketball and can't play for their lives. <laughs> you know, there's opportunities there. Yes. You know? um, yes. so, so go for it. Go for it. Love that. And Wint, I mean, if you're interested in speaking in front of the camera now, if you feel more comfortable with it, dishes and dimes. 
Yeah, you're always welcome. You know, and I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I'll come back. <laughs> uh, all right, thank you, everybody. Once again, it's dishes and dimes, and good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>